You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Good news. The gong is back. We're back. <laughs> Been away for a couple weeks and uh, getting back in the swing of things. So the Yeti gong is back in hand, ready to go if needed at all in this conversation. Well, you look rather iridescent today. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in front of a light Man, bulb. Man, no gong? Come on. I tried to come up with that thing. <laughs> that is, that is, I'll give you that one. Oh, wow. I put the lid back on. Here you go. There you go. I had to put the lid back on. Keep that coffee hot. So, oh, man. Yeah, um, I'm I'm appearing a little jaundiced today. I'm sitting in front of a lamp that has a Edison bulb, and it's one of those kind of yellow hue ones. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, and I did get a little sun while I was in Florida. So, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Good times had by all. Man, it was good. I needed that. That was really good. Just get away a little bit and preach. I got to tell you a hilarious story. So here's the deal. So I get down there and I'm preaching for the First Baptist Church of Indian River, Titusville. And so I'm over in Orlando and it's about an hour and 15 minute drive over. So we get up in the morning, drive over. I get there about 40 minutes early, sat by the water, looked at Cape Canaveral, you know, um, yes. drove around a little bit. Beautiful spot. And I, I I get my notes ready. And so I said, well, let's go to the church and we'll spend a little time. I haven't seen the preacher for a long time. It was Brother Blaine Godette, who was our missionary in Panama for 30 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And he'd retired, found this little church that needed a pastor and said, I'll do it. So we go to the church, First Baptist Church of of Titusville. And I pull in, and uh, people are walking the church. So we go in, and they said, hey, we have donuts today. Would you like a donut? Yeah, sure, we'll have a donut. Had a coffee. I said, is the pastor here yet? And they said, well, you'll have to check upstairs. So I said, Ruthie, I'll go upstairs and uh, see if the preacher's here. So I go upstairs, and I said, hey, is the preacher here yet? And they said, oh, he's not here yet, but you'll know he's here. when he, You'll hear his kids first. And Blaine got at 70-something years old. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh-oh. I you said, is your, pa- is your place, pastor... Man. Is your, is your pastor Blaine Godet? No. I said, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm in the wrong church. <laughs> so I say to the people, I am so sorry. I ate your donuts. I had your coffee. I got to leave. I'm preaching at another church. They laughed, you know. So, so they said, <clears throat> they said, you want Faith Baptist Church just down the street. Just go down a couple yes. blocks on the right hand side. So we go down to church. Nice church. Parking lot's full. And I thought, wow, this doesn't. I th- Blaine must really be doing a great job because I know the church was kind of small. So we get out of the car and we walk up and this lady goes, hey, you're Al Stone. I said, I am. And she goes, we're from Mansfield. Do you remember us? I said, yeah, yeah, I remember you. And she says, what are you doing here? And I said, I think I'm preaching here. And she goes, you are? And I said, is your pastor Blaine got in? She goes, no. <laughs> I'm at the second wrong church. So she goes, no, this is our pastor. So he comes over, really nice guy. He said, I'm looking for Blaine God. He goes, oh, no, no, you want First Baptist of Indian River, Titusville. Indian River got 
you know, brought into Titusville a few years ago. <laughs> so I called Brother Godet and I said, Brother Blaine, I'm in trouble. I'm now, it's, he starts at 945. It's now 940. And I said, yes. I, I don't, I, I'm in trouble here. I said, I'm in the wrong place. He goes, let me send you the address. So I put it in the GPS. I get there at 943. I walk in, step into the Sunday school pulpit and start the lesson at 945. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. So the next day, I get a text from the couple from Mansfield. And they said, hey, if you're ever back in the area, we'd love to see you guys and get together with you. And I said, that'd be great. We'd love to. And I said, I'll actually be back in the fall up in um, St. Augustine. And so he goes, that'd be great. Then later in the day, the pastor of that church contacts me. Hey, I'd like to get together with you. I'd like to meet you. You know, these folks awesome. say good things about you. So so I got a donut, a, a future meeting, and a love offering on three churches in one Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start doing it more often. Just show up and say, am I preaching here today? <laughs> exactly. No matter where you're at, you just start right. making the rounds. Right. Hey, I think I'm preaching. Oh, I'm not. Oh. Oh. Well, oh. God bless you all. Nice to meet you, Pastor. Here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to put a John of Romans in every home. Yeah, it worked <laughs> out great. So, oh, man. So I finally got there and got, got to preach in the right church and had some great fellowship. And then we went up Sunday night and saw the Petricks and had a great time with them. They had a yes. missionary in speaking. And I was, I was actually open to hear Brother Mike preach, but um, uh, they had a missionary and a great couple and got to know them and spent some time. Awesome. So, yeah. Lots of fun. So that's the adventure, the wild adventure of Al Stone. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anything exciting happen in your life? <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a great, great Easter service. I bet you Man, did. I saw it what online. A wonderful, what a wonderful yeah. service. Man, yeah, it was blessed. Saw. Yeah, it looked it good. We blessed. saw it online. It looked really good. So here's another great thing that happened. So I'm flying from Orlando to Buffalo, and uh, we get in the airport. Actually, what happened was I set my alarm for the wrong time. We had to be at Orlando for like seven. Our, our flight was at nine, and we wanted to get there for seven because it's so busy. Well, I set my alarm wrong. I set it an hour late. And so oh. we wake up. It's six o'clock. I got to get a rental car back. Oh. We are. I'm flying. I got to get gas in the car. My wife is you know, frantic. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. I said, we'll make it. We'll make it. Don't worry. So we get the car back. We get to the airport. It's, it's seven o'clock. I said, I got it. I'm the man. I'm the guy. We walk in. We said, where's the frontier line? They said, there's the counter. Go around the corner, go down the next break, go around that corner to the end of the line. It was, it looked like it was two hours long. I thought, what in the world are we going to do? Then, then I got to clear, then I got to clear security. So yes. we, we get in the line and miraculously they got us through in a half hour. We get the wow. luggage on. So now security. So we, we look and of course it's huge. It's Tuesday. It's like, why yes. are so many people there? So I'm like, oh, I'm TSA approved. Thank the Lord. So the lady goes, go down to the end. Number one and number two, yes. we got through in like five minutes and we made it oh, to the good. gate plenty of time. But so while we're in line talking to people, we get talking to these folks and they said, yeah, you know, we live in Buffalo and, and oh, great, we're going to Buffalo. And, and what do you do? I'm a pastor. Really? We go to the Catholic church, but we're not satisfied. 
And uh, to be honest with you, my brother has cancer and um, we just, you know, we're beside ourselves. What are we going to do? We really don't have a faith to lean on. I said, well, let's pray for your brother right here. Let's pray right now in the airport. And so I pray for them and pray for their your brother, you know, and man, they were just so thankful. And, and so then we got talking. I said, you know, you, you have a Catholic faith, but here's what the gospel says. And so we go through the plan of salvation with Amen. them and they're like, oh, that's awesome. It, it, could you help us find a church in our area to go to? I'm like, yes, I can. I've got one in Niagara Falls for you. So do that. Then we go to a restaurant when we get to Buffalo and the lady that's uh, hostessing, um, I come in, I said, you having a good day? No, I'm not. I said, oh, mm. man. She goes, do you have any children? And I said, no, I got rid of those a long time ago. I went to grandkids. She goes, I'm not able to see my grandkids. My daughter's mad at me, and she won't talk to me. Mm. And she stood at our table and talked to us for about 15 minutes. And so I prayed with her in the restaurant. I prayed for her, and she goes, I Amen. need a good church. I said, I got a good church for you to go to. So Amen. what an incredible opportunity just to talk to people. Yes. And, and people, both of them, and there was another guy I talked to as well, all said this, this world is a mess we Boy, see it. We truth. don't know what to do. Where do we go? I'm telling you, what a great opportunity to witness to people. Amen. Wow. So yeah, there's good a stuff. lady that uh, my wife works with in a tea room, who had asked her. She said, "I'm so concerned um, about what's going on," and and she is, well, probably you know politically you know left leaning for sure. But she said, I am so concerned about what's going on with the schools, and my son is just, he's going to be in school in about a year or so, and I'm just very concerned. And so uh, my wife talked to her, and she's planning on meeting with us for counseling. So that's nice. awesome. Nice. That's awesome. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, the world, at least our world, is done with this whole transgender nonsense. and this. That's it homosexual nonsense it, it's it's finally seeing where this thing is leaning and yeah. uh, people people are really becoming outspoken um sports I, I, there was a hockey player said i'm not doing gay pride i'm not doing it and so the nhl yeah. is now turning yep. away he handed back his jersey yep and yep. then uh, the whole team wound up saying yep, yep hand back your jerseys we're not wearing this and yep. so the nhl had to take it back yeah, yeah, I love it. Just take a stand. Yes, just take a That's stand. That's exactly right. Absolutely. So, um, I I was listening to um, one of our former podcasts. We were talking a few weeks ago about um, you know authority, and you know we obey authority. There's a time when you can disobey authority when it goes against the word of God when it when it impedes the well, gospel. You're still obeying authority because uh, God's the, authority. You know, uh, yeah, uh, Acts, Romans 13, obey mm-hmm. the higher power. And so right. that's what we do. And there's mm-hmm. no higher power than God. Right. Well, that segues really good into an email that we got from a pastor recently that said, um, how do you pastor without overthinking your decisions, especially when you have to be authoritative, when you have to deal with people uh, in the church, workers in the church, uh, situations in the church, moving the church forward. How do you how do you balance that authority and and how do you get where you don't second guess that, or do you ever get where you don't second guess that authority? Sometimes, great question, and I think yeah. that is a question for a lot of pastors, especially starting out. This is a uh, a man who's fairly new to pastoring. Uh, been in the ministry a while, but pastoring's uh, fairly new. And that is a that is a tricky balance sometimes being authoritative, especially in this generation. Uh, we grew up in a very authoritative um, uh, generation and had to be authoritative. 
And now we're in a generation that doesn't really like authority. How do you how do you keep from overthinking those decisions? What do you do for that? We were always taught way back in the uh, Middle Ages, whenever I was in Bible college, mm-hmm. we were always taught that being an authoritarian is the problem because mm. as the scriptures say that a pastor should not be a lord over God's heritage because it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. And when we start lording over people, that whole attitude of pride and ego, ambition, whatever it is, all those things all rode up into one is never conducive. It's it's the flesh and the spirit are always opposing one another. And all those things are fleshly. But to be authoritative means that you can be confident that you've got the right answer because we have the answer in the scriptures. And so I guess I would first say, make sure that we're we're on the right side of doctrine because that that's where our decisions really come out of is doctrine. And so our positions are so vital to be in agreement with the Word of God. And of course, we can get down to very close particulars out of the New Testament, Proverbs, a lot of principles there that guide all of our decisions. But the first thing I'd say is make sure that we're correct in the doctrine and that we know where we stand, we know how to explain it, and most of our situations come out of there. Mm -hmm. I would say that it's always good to put yourself in that other person's position and try to look from their vantage point. Try to put yourself in their understanding of the situation. A lot of times as pastors, and I'll, I'll say this pastor as myself, a lot of times I'd make decisions, but I didn't really understand where my people were coming from. I didn't understand the impact of their job. I didn't understand sometimes the difficulty in maybe their finances and their marriage with their kids. And I didn't know some of the background. And when I learned to step back and kind of look from where my people were at, you know, talk to them, what's the real problem here? What's the root of the problem? Because a lot of times when people get upset, the problem goes much deeper than, hey, I want you to do this as a leader and you don't want to follow that. And I started to really try to find out what the root of the problem was. And when I did that, I could then evaluate and make a a better decision. It was often the same decision, just set in a different way or presented in a different light. And that sometimes would help in making those decisions. Early on, like most guys, I thought, I'm the pastor, I'm the head of the church, Christ is the head of the church, but I'm leading the church, and I've got a lead, so here's what you need to do, follow me. And I found out that that doesn't always work, especially as I got later on in my pastorate, I found that that didn't always work as good as it did in the earlier part of my pastorate. Yeah, but like what you said, the majority of your decisions wouldn't change, but right. you'd change your demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was our attitude or perhaps maybe how we dealt with something, uh, you know, not not dropping a bomb to kill a fly when a fly swatter mm. would do. Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's more of the, as we learn... Um, and become wiser and deal with people. You're exactly right, you know. And and some of what younger pastors are going to do, they're going to do out of zeal. 
And I don't have any problem with that. And to tell you the truth, I think a great many church members would, even if a pastor makes a mistake, if he makes a mistake in zeal for God, I I don't think that that would really ruffle their feathers, so to speak. I don't I don't think it would be a a bone of contention <clears throat> if they understood. You know, <laughs> I look back at some of the sermons that I may have preached or the things that I did, just man, full of zeal, right out of Bible college, and I think. There were a lot of people in our church that just sort of in their mind went, well, good for Danny, you know, in Cleveland Baptist. So uh, growing up there, and I think it was more, well, that's nice. Go at it. You know, that's that's fine. You know, the the more mature believers, as I look back, probably were more that way. But, you know, even, even the mature believers need to get the fire rekindled, and that's what can happen sometimes in zeal. Right. I think, too, a lot of pastors are not real clear in what they're trying to convey. They give they give the order, you know, I'm the general, I give the order, you march over the hill and take care of the enemy. Where I think today, especially, people need to understand why. Why are we doing this? Well, I've thought this through. Here's the process. Here's my heart. Here's what God's laid on my heart. Here's what the Bible says. And this is why we're going to do this. And I think that definitely helps people as well to give understanding. Um, in our day, you know, if the old saying was, um, if they say jump, you say how high. Today, if I say jump, I have to explain why we're jumping, how high we're jumping, how long we're going to jump, and the purpose of that jump, and uh, give people that, that kind of information. I think that helps a yeah. lot of people today. I never really agreed with that, uh, you know, just just to it because I say it, it would depend on what it was. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, obviously, uh, your pastor is your boss if you're on staff. So when he says something, it's going to bear more weight for you as an employee than right. it would for a member because he pays your salary. You are his assistant. Even though mm-hmm. you're serving Christ, you're still... You know, he he's he is the employer, and so there's a lot more to that. And I think sometimes we may want to transfer that idea to membership, and that doesn't always fly because mm. the members aren't necessarily beholden to him, if you want to say it that right. way. Uh, they They need him. He's a gift. The pastor is a gift to the church, certainly, but they don't have that same attitude that a staff member would have, an assistant pastor, a couple of assistant pastors, a secretary, because their their heart and energy is full-time into what they're doing also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. They are volunteers. Those people are volunteering. They don't have to do it. They want to do it. I think they want to serve the Lord. I, I think that sometimes we who are given to that, and I I don't like using this term, full-time position of ministry, but those of us who, you know, kind of have the time to really think through, really plan, um, you know, really move our schedules so that we can make things work, forget that there are people that are very limited in the time that they have and limited in the ability that they have sometimes, and we put maybe too much on people sometimes. And my father-in-law used to say, um, don't expect too much. 
Don't expect too much. Inspect some, expect something, but don't expect too much. And and I had a hard time with that at first. I, I wanted people to do things perfectly. I wanted them to do it right away. I wanted them to do it right. I wanted them to do it just the way I thought. And I learned that that doesn't often happen. And if you if you expect a little and get more, that's awesome. But if you expect an awful lot and you don't get it, you're very disappointed. And then that comes out in frustration. So you kind of have to temper that as well a little bit, I think, sometimes. Yeah, that's a great point about your ex. Um, I expect our members to obey the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yet I know that I don't always obey the scriptures. Yes. And so I want to. I'm not proud of that. I'm not bragging about that in any way whatsoever. But I, I sure do yearn to be out of this wicked body where I won't disappoint the Lord. But... Um, so there is that expectation of the, we're setting that standard that exactly where the Lord set it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so that is something we have to do, but yet still understanding people are growing. And they may not be growing to the same degree that we are mm. because we're, Lord willing, in the word a whole lot more right. than than bl- other believers are out of necessity, out of duty, out of obligation, out of joy, out of love, whatever it may be. But all of those things rolled together and somebody's working 12 hours in the factory, comes home and has to go to a kid's ball game and needs to mow the yard and give the car a tune-up and change a tire and they don't have time to read the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. four or five hours. And right. so, you know, we have to, I think that's a great point, what we expect, because then when we expect something and don't get it, we're frustrated. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm going to make an executive decision and uh, end our session for today and leave a little something for Wednesday and Friday. Um, great and question. Because and, I am uh, a good Christian, yeah. I will cooperate with you. You better I'll squash you like a little bug. <laughs> you obviously didn't read your Bible, you know, quite enough today. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, a great, great uh, week, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity. I love telling people about the Lord. I love directing people Amen. to worship. Amen. And God gave me those opportunities. I'm praying for some more. I'll get on a plane tomorrow and fly uh, five hours and uh, be with some great people. And I'm hoping that uh, the time I have beside somebody next to me, I'll be able to give them the gospel. Amen. But the uh, Lord is good. Uh, great things happening in New Brunswick. Uh, John and Romans being delivered. We're getting uh, communications back and uh, just some great things going on there. So praise the Lord for that. I'm Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. And I do thank the Lord for a church full of people who love the Lord and love his word and love serving the Lord. I also want to encourage people in Ohio uh, to begin now to contact their legislators, their state legislators. Uh, We need a discharge petition signed that would uh, uh, go over the Speaker of the House's head and make him bring Senate Bill, Senate Joint Resolution, SJR 1, to the... uh, to the floor so we can try to change our constitution and we won't have abortion on demand in November. 
Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for your work in doing that. Man, I wish we could get something like that going to Canada. We've got to. If you're listening today in Canada, we need something like that for sure. We have a come upcoming election next year that's going to be crucial. And we need some Christians that be involved in that. Awesome. Good work, Brother Wolven. Hey, this is Tim Talks. We are so glad you're with us. And uh, we hope that you'll continue to um, share maybe on your social media our podcast. I just posted some today. Um, on my own personal Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we also have a Tim Talks Facebook page. Uh, all kinds of ways for you to share that. Uh, if you would uh, put it up in your church announcements, that would be great. We want as many people as we can uh, to be helped by the little that we have to offer. Amen. And I hope that you would do that for us. We'd sure appreciate it. This is Tim Talks. We'll be back with you on Wednesday and continuing the discussion of uh, authority, how to use it, how not to second-guess it, and how to be blessed by it. This is The Tim Talks. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.